everyone. You are listening to episode 25. We made it a quarter of something. <laughs> um, this episode is a spooky tale to get you into the Halloween season. Ooh. I don't know what the question is quite yet. You'll figure it out. <laughs> right. I guess what really happened to the Serenzi family Sorensi. and their house? Have you heard of the Serenzi family? Have you heard of Serenzi, Georgia? Nope. Okay. Is there anything you want to touch on before I jump in? Because no, this is the I time. Say, I think I've heard of Georgia. <laughs> it's going to be a joke. It's a forgotten state, you know. It's actually really not that um, forgotten. Do we have a thing? I don't think there were... There are... Oh, I'm Julia. Oh, I'm Sid. And this is <laughs> Unprofessionals <laughs> Asking Questions. You can tell. This is where you are. I ex- clicked on it. You're listening. I, like, it just hit me that it was episode 25. I was like, wow. Like, big episode two five. Big two five. We're still older than it, but... <laughs> Someday it'll be the other way. Me, not by much. Shut the fuck up. For a few days, it's only, I'm only one year older oh, than it. Um, I did want to say, I hope you enjoyed my dog's fart in the last episode. If you could hear it. I was going to say, if you even heard it. It was very faint, but if you were here in person, you would have enjoyed it because he was a little toot, toot, toot. <laughs> it was adorable. The highlight of Sid's week. There, there was, <laughs> There probably won't be any farting on the podcast this evening unless it's from Julia. So yeah, and you'll definitely hear mine. <laughs> then they blow your Scrappy's oh, like, are you guys talking about me? <laughs> okay. So let's talk about Serenzi, Georgia first, okay. since you don't know where it is. No. Um, I don't even know where Georgia is on a map. I'm just kidding. I was gonna say, do you do you want me to pull up the US map uh, there? No. Do you do you know where it is? Where Georgia is? Yeah. yeah where is it, Sid? It's in... Above. Oh, God. I don't... Above what state? I... Don't do this to me. I don't... Florida. Is it? Okay. I believe. Isn't it like <laughs> North South Carolina? Georgia. Oh, no. I know. This oh, no. <laughs> well, I did it to myself now. I'm so bad at remembering where things are. Like in my- oh my god, I'm so right. I'm oh, so good. smart. Yeah, it's like Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida. This East fair. Coast. I've South- never been to Georgia, so. Really? My good friend, Shmalina, <laughs> um, she lived there for a year, and we actually... We were not towards the coast. We were towards, like, the Alabama side. We went down to visit her. So... We actually did like a really beautiful hike throughout like these like canyons. I don't know, it's really cool. It was like super hot and humid there. Yeah, but she like it wasn't. It was hot. It was humid. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. I was like, it kind of sucked, didn't it? Yeah, it wasn't great. Nothing great comes from Georgia except for Georgia peach. Yeah. Mm. I'm not a big. I like nectarines better than peaches. I don't think well it has to be like a firm nectarine. I also like firm peaches, but I don't like when they're like gushy and shit. Kind of the same way with tomatoes. I I pretty much every bananas. Yeah, I like everything like not ripe yet. (laughs) Like right before it's ripe. Yeah. Grapes too. You like your fruit hard. Yeah, pretty much. And a little bitter. I like like a little you know what I mean? Interesting. So you like to kill and eat them when they're young, when they're babies. Yeah, kind of like a... Like you do with humans. What's it called? Not zeal? 
Is it Neil? What's what the fuck are you talking about? Veal. <laughs> I don't like veal. Just putting that out there, but that was funny. <laughs> I don't know what you were trying to say. I was like, that wasn't right. Her face says it all. <laughs> caviar. I'm like, I like the caviar of the fruit. Right? That's fish eggs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No. Yes. No? Yes? yes. Okay. But like, because, oh my God. So you're saying veal because of it being a baby. Wow. No, veal is a baby cow, is it not? Veal's lamb. Isn't it? <laughs> Is it actually zeal? It's the meat of a calf, like a, oh, a baby cow. Lamb. lamb is lamb. Sheep is what sheep. Lamb lamb is a lamb is a baby. <laughs> no. So you've been eating veal thinking like I've fuck the sheep. <laughs> I can't tell you. I actually don't think I've ever had veal, but I'm saying I don't like it because no thank you. Or I thought I thought for sure. I also, I don't, they always say lamb. I don't know what age the sheep is, but I feel like when you, you get something with sheep, they say lamb. So I don't know if they actually use the babies or if they just call it all the way around lamb. I can't eat it though. It makes my stomach so upset. Okay. I don't know where Georgia is and I don't know what Vail is. Okay. So if you, we have now gotten to like where it is on the United States map. Okay. So if you've heard, if you've never heard of Sorensi or Georgia for that matter, we covered the Georgia part. It's in the once booming Appling County, which is about 90 miles southwest, you know, those directions of Savannah. And Savannah, Georgia is on the East Coast, like on the, on the Pacific, on the Atlantic Ocean, I believe, somewhere along that side. But the town in the town in total is 0.8 square miles, so it's like a very small area. So today there isn't really much to say about Serenity, as the population <laughs> was 201 in Stop. in the 2010 census. I couldn't find anything like. <laughs> closer to our time now um now the 2001 census actually had 36 less people living there than the 2000 census so maybe it's just off the map now maybe. i don't know because if you're losing 36 people a year and you're only at 201 so is it you're saying it as serency not serency surency <laughs> no, I'm just saying sure. It's S U R R E N C Y. It might be Serenzi, but you know how I pronounce things. Serenzi. Even if it even if it was Serenzi, I'd still would probably say Serenzi. <laughs> because I because I blurb everything together anyway. Serency, Serency. I, I honestly don't know where Georgia is, so I don't know how to pronounce that. Anymore. Okay, so I'm gonna paint you like a little bit of a picture with this paint geography. Let's go. Geography. Okay, Serency is located south of the Altamaha River in southeast Georgia. We're just going to pretend like you know where Georgia is. 
It's cre- and created by it was like created by an act of the state legislator in December of 1818. So if you know 18. like around what time that is, that's like I mean we're still it's kind of taking land from Native Americans. That was fun. So Serenci was once a flourishing town at this point. Like a few years after it got its start, it was, we're going to get to why it was booming, but it was a lot bigger. I think I read that the population was like 2000 or something at this time. So it was a lot bigger than it is now in the 2000s. And what's funny. So I see the pictures that you put of the shape of first Georgia and then also the shape of Sure. Yeah, I did include photos of Georgia. I didn't know I had to put photos of <laughs> where. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you but can see like where it is on that. The the shape of. Yeah, they're different. The state. Or I mean, <laughs> the town. Wait a second. Hang on. I'm sorry. The shape of the town. You have a little red dot on there. Uh-huh. That's exactly where we're going to be talking about. Yes. But the whole thing looks like a face and it looks like an eye. And it's so funny because then there's a little mouth that juts in at the bottom. He's like facing. It's like a side view of his face. Uh, the eye. Uh, his chin's at the bottom. His mouth is there. You see that? Sh- Sharency. Do you see it? No. You don't see the face. I'm going to come around and look at Okay, whatever. But I'm trying here. Eye. Oh, oh maybe your mouse. That's the mouth. That's his chin. Oh, I That's totally see it. My mouse was really covering that. See? Isn't yeah. he funny looking? Yeah, he kind of looks like an anime like character. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> Wild hair. Anyway. So, yeah, those pictures, really not much, but it's that map. And then the town welcome. Another thing I want to say, and I'll probably get into it here, like exactly what the year that the town started there was like multiple different dates there was like a 1904 1905 and 1911 so we'll see which one i finally put into my notes but there was a couple different things and then that photo of going into the town says 1904 it was established so i'm confused but it's okay really not that important to the story but we just history is made up none of it actually happened we've been on this earth for a day and at the very end you'll understand why i'm kind of going over like the geography before i get into the spooky story geography lessons. yeah so in the early 1900s the georgia general assembly incorporated serenci as serenci as a town naming it after alan serenci who was quote a pioneer citizen and he, I know, he is like, Men. he's who we're, we're going to talk about him and his family mm-hmm. for like the majority of this. Okay. So the history of Appling County, like I said, Serenzi is in Appling County, um, but Appling County is the original boundary extended from the Otomha River to the St. Mary's River. Land for the country um, came from or land for the county came from the territory taken or ceded quote ceded by the Creek Indians to Georgia in the 1814 Treaty of Fort Jackson and the 1818 Treaty of the Creek Agency. So in a sense, it was apparently t- traded, but it was like the town was taken from the Creek Indians. Okay. 
Appling was named in honor of Colonel Daniel Appling, of course, they are always naming towns after people, of Columbia County, which is a county around where Appling Everyone out of came. Columbia County. Seriously. <laughs> so, and Daniel Appling was a well-known hero of the War of 1812, which was 1812 to 1815. So he, of course, gets a town named after him or a county named after him. What's what's better, do you think, if the county's named after you or the town? Probably the county, because you have multiple towns within your county. Okay, so why this particular territory? The Tomahawk River provided a very wealthy and popular avenue for early residents to ship products um, to, like, coastal towns. And during the 19th century, steamboats and pool boats transported cotton, fertilizer, lumber, turpentine, and local produce. For a moment in time, Appling County was known as the turpentine capital of the world. And turpentine to those you may not know is pretty much just like the oils from trees and in this area it was mainly pine oil okay. you get her turpentine or you know i was probably I saying know. it tur- turpentine yeah i think i'm you know how in like marijuana it's the terpenes oh yeah so i think that's why i wanted to say turpentine instead of but turpentine, I think that maybe I don't know. I don't know. But that makes sense with what you're saying with the water because we just recently talked about that in the one episode where towns are built because of mm-hmm. the rivers and the resources. Yeah, or at least old towns like that were established during you know 1700s. So residents also constructed timber rafts from cut trees destined for the dairy and sawmills. Rafts would reach proportions of 25 feet wide and 175 feet long. It was a unique rafting and turpentine, turpentine, whatever it is, culture that grew out of Appling County. Okay. So. Rafting. Yes. Rafting and then the oils. Um, in 1870, completion of the Macon and Brunswick Railroad linked Appling to populated regions of the state and prompted creation of three new towns. So originally, there was, you know, only a few towns. But then by early 1900s, so within 30 years, Station 6 on the railroad became known as, you guessed it, Serenzi. Serenzi. Station six. All aboard. Have you ever been on a train? Yeah. Have you? Yeah, I think so. So we used to do like during the holidays in Belfont mm-hmm. when they do like those shooting rides to go to the North Pole or whatever. Yeah. We did that. But once year, my mom and sisters were like already on vacation but I had like clinicals. I was like in high school. I didn't have my license yet, but I was like taking classes to get my CNA. So I had like clinicals and I couldn't ride down with them. So like my boyfriend and I at the time got took a train from Lewistown to Philly and then Philly to Atlantic City. <laughs> I would, it was really cool. Yeah, I would love to take like a cross country. I want to go from the one like East Coast to West Coast. Mm-hmm. I've heard so it's cool. beautiful. And that's what I like really want to do in Europe as well. They say they're like stunning. It's really odd how little we utilize train transportation yeah. compared to other uh, countries. Because mm-hmm. we could save a lot. a lot. Okay, so now we have established Serenci and we're going to go back to Allen. 
Okay, Alan, what's up with him? So Sorrenti, as I said, was named after Alan Powell Sorrenti. He was an 1850s immigrant from Tattenham County. I love how they like say where the, yes, they like love to say where the counties are. They won't say Georgia or like the town. It's like he's from, like we would be going around being like we're from Center County. No really does that here no unless you're like yeah well you don't even say like what county you're from with us because we're in the center of the state Mm -hmm. like when people are like oh where where are you from in pa i'm like literally in the middle yeah i never central pa yeah like the heart of we make it beat (laughs) what we make it beat like (laughs) oh Shit. I usually, so I usually say like the middle of Pennsylvania. Do you know Penn State? And that's all I just. Oh yeah, you definitely. We are. I I. <laughs> Penn State. He says. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Scrappy, no. Um, but like when you're you know on vacation or something, and someone you're explaining like, oh, I'm in, from Central Pennsylvania. Do you know Penn State? And they're like, yeah. Why don't you just say you're from Penn State? Like. Because I'm not from Penn State. Penn State is not an area. It's a university. (laughs) And it's like, you might be an alumni, but there's actually a town where you're at. And I'm actually not in that town. I'm in that county. (laughs) Okay. So who really is Alan Serenci? Frankly, I don't have much on his earlier life. And it really doesn't matter to the story. We're going to start out in his later life when the town gets named after him. Okay, and do you know, like, how old he was at that point? No, I, the only date I have is, like, when he died. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Before that? Yeah. That's all we okay. You won't care once we get into the story. <laughs> so, in 1852, Alan Powell Sorensi built his... Oh, you didn't? Well, I forgot to take a... I wanted to take... Oh, your mouth is open now. <laughs> I wanted to take a picture... Of just, like, us recording. So, in 1852, Alan Powell Powell, Sorensi built his family a home on a small strip of land next to the Macon and Brunswick Railway line. Mr. Sorensi had two properties. The main residence, however, was the house in Sorensi. So, remember those two properties. Okay. They described this house, which I have photos for you, as two stories high and weatherboarded, an L-shaped runs back containing two rooms, one of which is used as a kitchen and one as a dining room. So, you know, like when there's like addition, you can kind of see mm-hmm. that L-shape. It looks like it's sitting right in Pennsylvania. Honestly. I know. It kind of does look like PA, but it's not. So it's all stone. Yes. Metal roof. That cannot be original. <laughs> um, I don't think so. It's... Those windows at the top, like, if that's the attic, it's really creepy looking. Yeah. So, in the main body of the house, there are four bedrooms upstairs and then four bedrooms downstairs. Jeez. Yeah. They needed it. So, they had the kitchen and then just bedrooms? Or did they have, like... They had a kitchen, a... You got to think about it at this time. Even... Living rooms are kind of, like, a newer thing. They used to be family rooms Mm -hmm. and then, like, the living rooms. So, they had the kitchen, the dining area. They had a parlor. I think they also had, like, a servant's quarter because they had servants there. Um, The eight bedrooms and then kind of, like, a main common area. Okay. 
So Alan married, the date is unknown to me, wealthy. Her name was wealthy. He didn't marry in wealth. He married wealthy. wealthy. Her name's wealthy Serenzi. Sir Renzi. Um, So Alan and wealthy would then have... Eight children together Ew. in total. So we, yeah. Well, they built it after the kids were born. I don't actually, you know, that's something maybe I should have looked up. I think so. No, no, because this happened twenty years. Okay, yeah, no, they built this and then filled it so off. They had a goal. They had a goal in mind. Ew. So they had Millard, Sarah, okay. John, Samuel, Clementine, Biggio. What? Robert and Lala. Can we talk about Millard? Millard. Biggio. Biggio. And Lala. And Lala. Lala. It's it's kind of like Laura, but instead of the R, there's an L. So L-A-U-L-A. Biggio is B-I-G-G-I-O. And then Where the hell does that come from? I don't know. Like, I don't know if that just came in records being like saying their nicknames and he was a Biggio boy. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it sounds Italian. It does kind of sound Italian. But. I don't know. But anyway. Okay, so he built the house in 1852. Okay. And now we're jumping ahead to 1870s. So all of the kids and everything lived in the house, grew up in the house and stuff. But in 1870, in the 1870 census, only six of the children lived at the house. And this is important just because, not that important, but what where we're going to start talking about the house is in the 70s, 1870s. So the ones who lived in the house at this time were Millard, who was 20, Samuel, who was 15, Clementine, who was 13, Lala, who was eight, Biggio, who was six, and Robert, who was four. So, so Sarah it, is gone and John is gone. And is it assumed they were the oldest? They were the did oldest. They, they did not die. Okay. Um, John actually like comes back and says like reports later on about some experiences. Okay. So by all accounts, Alan Serenzi was a decent man. He was hardworking and well-respected by his peers. A lot of people didn't say bad things about him. Mm-hmm. And wealthy Serenzi. There was a lot of people back then. <laughs> no, there was 2,000 people in this time. Okay. And wealthy Serenzi, I did not get over her name. I can't either. I wonder what her maiden name is. Like, I purposely, a lot of times I say Mr. Serenzi for Alan, and then I was like, no, I have to write out wealthy every single time yeah. because, like, I just have to put a spotlight. What middle name and maiden name are? Wealthy Gold. <laughs> I wonder what, yeah, her maiden name. And, like, was it to manifest that she would become wealthy one day? Or was it a popular name at that time? I've never heard that. And maybe wealth derived from, I don't know. I don't know. Weird. So wealthy Serenzi was also hardworking. Working. <laughs> my, <laughs> my roots are coming out. Um, she was hardworking. She often was found in the kitchen. Wow. Kitchen. Kitchen. <laughs> supervising dinner for their guests. And they had house guests often. Like all the fucking time. But they had servants. They had servants. So, so when I say she was supervising, servants. yes. That was my that. work back then. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know if she was back there kneading the dough with them or yeah, what, but just, I doubt it. She was just super bad. So why am I giving you all of this? Why? Because shit fucking goes nuts. And I think we're in a perfect old house. 
for this. I hope I give you nightmares. For 20 years, the family lived happily and healthily in their wealthy. healthy and wealthy. <laughs> they were very wealthy in their home. They often had visitors over for long stays and they hosted events and they had plenty of rooms. They probably just put all their kids in one room and yeah. like. Well, they were down to six at that point, right? Yes. So, so they had vacancy. Mm-hmm. It so, must be a nice life to be able to just do that. Not the kid part, but yeah. just entertain. I don't know. That sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. But they had nothing else to do back then, I guess, though. So. so everything was fine and dandy until October 17th, 1872. So that's not October 17th right now. I know. So and it's going to be released on the 16th. Oh, that's close, though. Maybe mm-hmm. some people will be listening on the 17th. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <gasps> it's going to be released on my birthday. Oh, shit. But hopefully people listen on the 17th. So if you are, it was, do the math, it was 1872. I don't know. It was that many years ago. So almost 20 years after, actually exactly 20 years after building the house, the family started experiencing odd and paranormal encounters. Phenomenomenons. So... On October 17th, 1872, Alan Sorensi's daughter, Clementine, was waiting by... See, I just also don't think Clementine fits in their bundle of names, but yeah, whatever. I don't know how they picked them. <laughs> yeah. They were just drawing names out of the hat that they had. Yeah, or so they like, just like had one of those cool. books and they're like, whatever thing my finger lands on. Yeah, I kind of like Clementine, but... So, Alan Sorensi's daughter, Clementine, was waiting by the train line for her father to return home. And they, the train line was very close to the house. It wasn't like right off the porch, but you know, she walked through the field. She was there. It's a tree line. No, train. So just wait choo, by choo. the line of trees, but now she's like, that makes more sense. Yes. And as she stood waiting in front of her house for the train's headlights to appear, like she always does, she realized that it had been running behind schedule, that it's not going to be showing up on time. It quickly turned to twilight, and as Clementine stood there, she noticed the dark figure of a man approaching her. She started feeling uneasy, and she decided to walk back to the porch of the house. Reaching the porch steps, an object lands near her. It was like a stone of some sort. She wasn't really sure, but it was a hard stone-like object. Clementine did not want to appear a, quote, coward. That was her words. So she stepped back from the steps and looked in the direction of which the stone had come. She was like, hey, buddy, I'm going to get you. Just kidding. I don't know if I would do that. I don't know. Yeah. what if it was someone throwing a rock? Like at you. Yeah. Yeah, but she didn't want to walk away. She grew up with, there was like two girls. Oh, that's true. They were all brothers. Yeah. Probably tough. Probably a tough bitch. And she didn't want to be a coward. Like, in our report, that's what she said. So, a side note, um, the house itself was in a really desolate area. There was, like, no buildup around. It was pretty difficult for a man to have just disappeared out of nowhere. That is what it seems like. Yeah, like, you couldn't... Yeah, it wouldn't just be like, I see a man and then he's gone. I couldn't follow where he went. Nothing. Mm -hmm. So, that was very odd to her and concerning. So, as Clementine was standing there, a few more objects landed around her. Nothing was striking her. They're just landing by her. Straight up and down. Yeah. Like, from coming up and down, side to side. Like, but they're just dropping. Like, they're being thrown and just falling. Doesn't know what they are. 
and they're not hitting her, but coming walnuts. very close. <laughs> I don't think so. Do they have walnuts in Georgia? I don't know. Peaches were they peaches? But <laughs> <laughs> were they the type of peaches I like? <laughs> So at this point, she was like, F this. I'm fucking going inside. Like, I don't know what's happening. And like I said, Serenzi's loved to host. So as Clementine came inside, of course, there were a few of her father's friends greeting her. Oh, my gosh. These men were Reverend Benjamin Blitch. (laughs) Okay. Reverend Blitch. Yes. (laughs) Colonel Roberts and Mr. Serenzi's brother. Who was a unnamed? A colonel and a brother. <laughs> he walks into a house, <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a few on other, like other unnamed men. So Clement, we don't even name them. Okay, pretty much Clement. About the Reverend and the Colonel. I, I called her. I called her Clemency. I meant Clementine, but I was putting Serenzi <laughs> in Clement. So Clemency <laughs> went right past the men. She was like, "I don't want to talk to you guys. I'm going to someone who might actually believe me." These are not her words. These are me. You know, I got it. Something, but and she was on the hunt to find her mother. So as she was walking through the passage that led into the kitchen, she started to hear things landing on the property. So it wasn't just like following her. Now things are like hitting the roof, hitting the sides of the house, mm. fall, just falling like rain outside. So Clemency and her mother. It's nighttime, right? Yeah, like it's starting to get night, just twilight. She goes to tell her mom, but she doesn't really need to tell her mom because her mom is witnessing all this. And they start shouting for the men in the house to come here and find the culprit. Because, you know, at this time, they're like, oh, my God, someone's, like, tormenting us. Go outside, find them. They didn't find anything. Literally nothing. Mm -hmm. Things are just flying. At this point, everything escalates. Pots and pans start overturning. The crockery is like crockery, pottery, mm-hmm. you know, they're all flying through the room. And this is just like in the kitchen area right now. And then outside of the property, the coffee pot overturned. And then they started seeing cutlery skid along the floor. So it's just like sliding at them, flying at them. Now the outside of the house and the kitchen are no longer the target of attacks. Disturbances started moving throughout the rest of the property. Sticks falling from the ceiling and bases just flying. No one knows where they're coming from. Photos falling from the walls to the floor. It just goes on. Holy shit. So, like, it didn't even lead up to anything. Like, it was not. It was, like, October 17th, full force. And Mr. Serenzi's not home yet. But now it reaches 9 p.m. and he finally arrives home. His wife and six children and all the house guests greet him and start informing him of the disturbing disturbing events that had they had like all just witnessed. And of course, like it's 1800s. So he really is just like, okay, like what the fuck are you talking about? You guys are crazy. There's something going on. And it wasn't until he heard from the men he considered to be truthful. My wife and daughter. Right. The men that were truthful and honest. Tell him. I love that. Truthful and honest. That's what they said. Quote, it started with sticks falling from God knows where. The sticks would appear and fall to the floor before you had a chance to witness where they came from. End quote. And that is what Mr. Sarnsley, like convinced him. Hmm. When Reverend, Reverend, Reverend Blitch was just like, who's crazy? I don't know what to do. We couldn't find anyone. And he's like, okay, I believe you. Sorry, wealthy, but I just had to 
not take your word for it. Make sure the men saw it as well. Yeah. We're just hysterical. Yeah. So not long after they tell him that he starts to experience everything for himself. So they'll get paused for a little. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, here, welcome this, home. So was this all the same night? Yes, like, we are still... stopped briefly. Yes, we are after. still on the same night That's right seven, now. October 17th, 1852? 72. 72, right. Still 52, so it's 20 years yes. on the dot. Okay. So he starts to watch as glass tumblers slide off of, like, this the shelves and the um, cabinets and stuff. Crockery continues to fall to the floor and just smash into pieces. They must really love their crockery because it's literally what they just kept saying, crockery, 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 and all these like reports. Most things are made of it. Yeah, I guess. The books on the shelves start to tumble off. Brick bats fill it up. I thought I put in somewhere. I might have skipped it. Oh, I did skip this line, but as she was like entering the kitchen to go in to tell her mom brick bats, which they said were like small brick ends. So like the ends of a brick, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm just assuming the material of a brick. They began to rain down from all sides. So that happened once before and now yes and now he's home and this is all happening inside the house brick bats belts of wood smoothing irons so like your clothing irons and Mm -hmm. stuff biscuits potatoes water buckets and pitchers of pitchers like a pitcher of water all start to fall in different parts of the house not just like the kitchen not where they should be like just randomly you're in your bedroom in a fucking biscuit dude all these things are falling you are dangerous yeah and wait till we figure out how long they stay oh my gosh so the family stayed up the entire night to witness the events i mean how could you fucking sleep no and like you said like would you stay in that no, fucking house? No. The first thing that flies, I'm like, Mom, I'm coming home. Yeah, when the potatoes start, fuck. <laughs> the potatoes start, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> well, potatoes hurt too. Yes. Can you imagine getting whacked in the head? Well, that's the thing. To this point, everything's falling and flying, but not hitting anyone. I don't know how when there's like just like chaos going on. <laughs> I know. Six kids what five six adults like yeah so we have the two parents Mm -hmm. six kids we're at eight people then we have the reverend Mm -hmm. the brother the colonel and other unnamed men yeah who knows how many (laughs) other men are in the house but yeah i don't know how no one's getting hit with anything so like i said they stayed up all night but even the people the house guests stayed that's weird they were like we want to see what's going on here if you were at someone else's house and this shit started happening, would you stick around to figure I, out what? Probably, happens? I'd be very intrigued, but I don't, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'd be like, "We're getting the horse and buggy, and we're getting out." <laughs> well, that's kind of what Reverend Blitch did. He did get on his horse and he fucking Coward. left. He, I know. <laughs> He's like, "I don't need this devil shit around me." <laughs> um, Blitch the bitch. Blitch the bitch. Love it. We should get shirts made like that. Blitch the bitch. <laughs> I to come back and haunt me. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're at the next day. We're on October 18th. They made it through the night. They were like, that shit was wild. 
Mr. Sorensi started growing concern over the bottles of kerosene that was kept in the parlor. Why do they have bottles of kerosene for their lamps? <laughs> mm-hmm, probably. Different times, Sid. Different times. Guys, you can't keep that in the house. Right. Especially when these paranormal activities are going on. So he's like, I need to get them out of the house because they're about to get smashed or thrown or light something on fire. So he asked his servants to take them outside. Yeah. No sooner that they had been removed and placed outside that their family witnessed one container fall from the ceiling and smash on the floor and just explode everywhere. Oh, my God. Yeah. Could you imagine? No. I mean, that should have been the first thing when all the shit was going on that they took out of the house. Yeah, I would be like, okay, sharp objects. Yep, all the Kerosene. Lights. Fuck the, the lights. We're going in the Get dark. The out of here. <laughs> Keep the clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. This continued throughout the day and night of the 18th. That is crazy. Just from zero to 100. And, quick. Yep, and pretty much it just continued until there wasn't anything left to smash. Of course. And they're wealthy, so they probably had quite a few things. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. To break. It all seemed to just come to a stop on the morning of October 19th. Okay. Until Mr. Swansea called his younger brother over to the house to witness the events. And when he came, sure enough, it started back again. On one occasion, he noted, and it wasn't full force. I think it was maybe it used a lot of its energy at this point. Mm-hmm. So I need to rest. So on one occasion, he noted that he had, quote, watched it as a book slid out of a pile of about seven or eight books, arch across the room at about six feet and landed softly on the floor, end quote. Hmm. He would then return the book to the shelf. And again, it comes back out and lands on the floor. Same page, same book everything. Poltergeist. He calls Mrs. Serenzi, wealthy Serenzi, in and told her what he had just witnessed. And she then this is the younger brother, yes. She then admits to him that she has already put it back from the same position three times already. What was the book? The book was the fourth volume of Walker's Dictionary. I know. So uneventful. I was like, is it a Bible? Like, what is it? Something going to burn? Yeah, no. It was a fucking dictionary. dictionary. Not even Weber's. Walker's. (laughs) Weber's might not be that old. I don't know. Um, That's true. So, the fourth volume of the dictionary. Yeah, I don't really know what that means. It's too bad it wasn't like whenever it would fly and land, it didn't like open up to a page and be like, this word. Kind of like a Ouija board. Yeah. But a dictionary, and maybe every time it, to. every time it, like maybe it was trying to talk. Yeah, they managed to have read the pages, mm-hmm. the whole entire dictionary, until something made sense. <laughs> <laughs> By the afternoon of the nineteenth, the incidents had restarted, and we're back at just full force, full throttle, pedal to the metal, to the point that neighbors started to come over to witness the destruction. Do you know how far their neighbors were? I'm probably like growing up to me, my neighbors were a half a mile to a mile away. So I'm assuming kind of like what what uh story did we have where it was like that house fire? Mm-hmm, the Sauter children. children, where their neighbors were kind of mm-hmm. far, but they were neighbors. Yeah. They kind of knew what was going on. So I'm assuming like that, like they're wealthy enough that they're not right in town. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they probably have some privacy in land. 
Yeah. It's a farmhouse too. So they probably have lots of fields. I don't know how close the neighbors are, but enough that people are coming and like gawking. So many items were being thrown around that the people that came to watch had no idea where to look for first. They're just like, boom, boom, boom. It's like so a ping pong match, dude. All the neighbors were also witnessing it. Yes. Like, Isn't pe- that crazy? Because I feel like a lot of stories you hear, there's... No witnesses. This is the most, quote, well-documented ghost story of all time. I can't believe I... Me either. That's why I was kind of nervous. I thought you might it's have heard of this. I've never heard of Georgia. <laughs> why? I did not know about this story. <laughs> listeners in georgia i don't think we have any maybe we will this time Honestly, maybe we'll get some let me know where you are in georgia and where georgia is all my exes live in georgia it's supposed to be texas i know okay <laughs> i do know where texas is <laughs> Good. Okay, so neighbors are seeing this shit happen. They're seeing chairs, shoes, clothes, all tumbling around the house. They're they're still, like, inside. They are still fucking at the house. They're still living here. The incidents were described as a, quote, veritable witch or unseen devil's hand throwing the items about. There's all still inside, like nothing outside. No. After the only thing that started were like the pellets or stones or whatever outside. And then it all moved inside, which I find kind of odd. Yeah. But I don't know. I want to know if like there's something with that date. We'll kind of talk about some theories, but I feel like it goes even deeper than that. So there was even items like in a locked drawer where the family like saw get thrown around and they would find but then when they went back to the drawer it remained locked and shut hmm yeah so but they had the items in their hands yeah and never unlocked the drawer isn't that crazy like when i think about like ghost stories and things being moved around and like, you don't have many witnesses of them actually seeing things move from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Like something like that. And it's just so weird to think about, like... Watching it. Unlocked something, opened the drawer, picked it up. Or is more of, like, a teleportation thing where it's there and then it's not. See, and with this, it's kind of sounding like it might be teleportation because these objects are, like... They're randomly being picked up. We're going to talk about it later. Some are moving from different rooms and then falling in that room. So, like, a kitchen thing, a potato, a yeah. pan could be randomly put upstairs and dropped. And you think about, like, some ghosts going and getting it and then just walking. Yeah. Around. You just see, like, a pot floating. Yeah, no, these things are steps. flying around. So, that's why I'm thinking, like, there must be some sort of, like, energetic wave or transport, mm-hmm. like, a teleportation type i don't know well it sounds like poltergeist yeah so actually i like tried to look in to see if this is what inspired like the poltergeist have you seen the poltergeist i'm afraid to ask yes i have scary movies i have for the most part okay but I was afraid to ask. It did not inspire. Like, I feel like probably parts of it did. I mean, but they didn't They didn't come that. out and say okay. like it was. So, I don't know. Okay. It did not take long for news to travel quickly. Like I said, it was two days. Neighbors were coming. At this point, newspapers started to hear about the stories. And they started sending reporters to investigate. 
when they arrived, the family's still fucking there, remember? Mm-hmm. So this is like the 20th at this point. So when they arrived, Mr. Sorensi was working outside. Like, what the fuck are you doing? I guess tending to the animals. I don't know. And sent them along their way to the house. He's like, go ahead. It's all in there. You can see what you need to see. Wow. Yep. Go ahead. Do what you want. Wow. Just sending strangers into the house. (laughs) Yes. So one of the daughters, I'm not sure which one it was, took the reporter inside. It probably was Clementine because Sarah's not in the house. So took the reporter inside and told him to wait around as the incidents would be sure to occur soon. Like, yeah. just wait. It will happen. I feel like I'm moving so much. Sorry. It sounds like my house. <laughs> so as they waited, she showed him the remains of the broken crockery scattered about the house. Like, they still clean it up. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Which she assured them had been vases and other or- ornamental items, just things that were decor in a sense how could you clean it up i feel like as you start more things go but they had to have been sweeping shit up yeah i don't know you can't walk around yeah all over the floor and they have servants i'm sure i'm just thinking about these poor servants being like i'm getting the fuck out and they can't Mm -hmm. (laughs) so while they're talking to the daughter the reporters began to hear a lumbering noise in the next room she casually informs them that it was a brick that had just been thrown. It's one of many that day. No worries. Like, that's not what you really came here for. Wow. We don't need to go see that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And this is still only a couple days after. This is the 20th. So this is like three days after. Wow. This is approximately the 20th. Mm-hmm. They didn't date like everything throughout. So I tried to, I tried to put it in. I tried to put the dates from, like, how they were telling, like, okay, it's this night after, it's yeah. this night after. Because they would just say, like, the next night and when you're two weeks in, it's like, what what date yeah. am I in? So, um, and yes, I just gave something away. It does go longer than a week. <laughs> so, the investigator or the reporters were just like, what do you mean? Like, don't pay any mind to this brick falling. I'm going to investigate. Like, what the fuck are you talking that's, about? That's it's like not crazy normal. The family, they're like, that's... It's been going on for three days. This, so. <laughs> wait, wait till knife comes at you. So as they approached the room, a heavy pint glass, one that like a pub style pint glass, they mm-hmm. said, goes flying past their heads with force and smashes against the floor. It landed with such force that it would have taken a considerable amount of strength to, like, wrench it out. Like, the amount of speed that went. Like, they were like, dude, that was not just, like, a little, like, pussy throw. Yeah. You know? That's scary. Next thing that started flying into the room that they're going into is a heavy cast iron. Shit. Again, not hitting anyone yet. They need to chain everything down. <laughs> yeah, like put weights on everything. Mm-hmm. So the daughter tells the reporters that Mr. Sorensi had attempted to go to bed at 3 a.m. the previous morning, only to have bricks fall so thick and fast around him that sleep was impossible. Like they have not gotten sleep for days. They will target like one specific person for a day or whatever. And last night it was Mr. Sorensi. So he's just like laying in bed and bricks are just falling around him. Oh my gosh. I would never be able to sleep. No, I would leave. I would leave. I mean, there's like a point, like to a certain point, you can blame it on the house settling or my cats Mm -hmm. running around. Mm -hmm. But 
if you didn't have animals or anything to blame it on. Well, are you blaming a brick falling from an animal? Like, that's wild. Well, I think, like, yeah, I just, anytime I hear anything, I'm like, oh. Like, it's like the cats, yeah. Happens, like, it's the cats. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> so what I do, too. It's hard to say, like, what is actually... Yeah, like, especially... Because you have a rather large house, and comparable-wise, like, if you're here, compared, and you hear a noise upstairs, mm-hmm. for the most part, you're just like, oh, like, it's Sam and Liam play. Yeah, play. Well, <laughs> Sam and Leo if I playing. If all the cats, like, I assume it's one of them yeah. making a noise. Yeah. Well, it might not be. Mm-hmm. And I see why you want to do the story at my house, and not <laughs> your house. Yeah, I'm good with my house. <laughs> we're, we're good. <laughs> we're on good terms there. We love each other. <laughs> okay. You don't wake anything up here. I was thinking that, but oh wait, it dropped. Okay, so in the entire house, the reporters slash investigators, whatever you want to call them, had found only two crockery pieces remaining whole out of this whole entire house. They see two things. They're like, wow, that's really odd. Like they're intact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they stated that, quote, the incidents were nonstop. Every five minutes or so, something was happening. And therefore the family have not been able to sleep. Like that was their story. That's yeah, what they left with. They were like, we witnessed it. They, they are not crazy. They're not making it up. They're not sleeping. Mm-hmm. That was it. So they left the family. They wrote their story. And new news began to spread like wildfire. And it yeah. w- Why would you go to like your other family, like your other brothers and stay or the neighbors and stay? How many properties did I say in the beginning they had? Oh, two. Fucking go why? Right. <laughs> so it wasn't long before another reporter, Mr. Lindenstruth, was sent to investigate. He brought along with him two other gentlemen, I'm assuming probably for witness mm-hmm. statements. I don't know why they're bringing people with, but Mr. Mason and Mr. Campbell are accompanying Mr. Linden Struth. The crew came to the house before... Dude, this is fucking wild. I would be so pissed. But anyways, the crew came to the house before sunrise that day. When they entered the house, they found it in darkness. Because it... Like, the sun's not up. These people are fucking sleeping. Yeah. The front door was unlocked, so of course they let themselves in. Oh, my God. While wandering around the house, they found a room that had a smoldering fire in the grate. So they just were like, well, let's get this fire going. Let's warm it up in here. And we're just going to wait for the family to wake. What the fuck? I'm like, was this normal in the 1800s? This is how you get killed. Right. Especially when, like, hauntings are going on. Mm-hmm. But I guess because of the hauntings, like the family was just like, this is the least of my worry. This yeah. is the least creepiest well, thing. Anything that they heard, they probably just assumed it was the house. Well, except for the talking, if they were talking. And... I don't know. It's just, it's either creepy as hell or just a different time that people did that. But I just found that so odd. I'm like, you're just waiting. You start the fire, you're just sitting in their family area, common area. Home? I don't know for a fact, but I still think it's weird that you're going before sunrise. Yeah. And there's nothing else. Like, these aren't, they aren't bad men. Like, they're, yeah. at least like from what I know. Right. I don't know. It's weird. So. Maybe it was cold. Well, it was Georgia. I just, I would not. 
I would not be okay with someone coming like uninvited into my house at all, but let alone when I'm getting tormented. Mm -hmm. And they were probably, if they were finally able to sleep for a moment, they were probably like dead. Well, that's, that's what I was thinking because like I like they did continue to sleep and apparently nothing much happened while the family was sleeping at this time because like the reporters didn't have anything of this. They were just, um, there were some tappings on the walls and a few times they heard thuds that sounded like someone had fallen out of bed, but that's all they heard while they were waiting for the people to the family to wake up. That's creepy. Like a thud, like someone falling out of bed. That's really creepy. Yeah. Like that's a hard thud. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, let's not go check. <laughs> that's actually a good point. We've heard that a couple of times. They're like, okay, up there. Or maybe they're just like, oh, someone's up. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk to them soon. And then they're like, okay. That, that was weird. It's creepy. So Alan, Mr. Sorensi finally awakes and he warmly greets the investigators. He's like, welcome to my humble boat. Jesus. He actually scared me. <laughs> Mr. Strensley finally awakes and warmly greets the investigators. He's like, come on in. Welcome. He confirms all the stories. Yeah, he's confirming all the stories that they heard. And he leads them around the house. But instead of just confirming all the stories, he decides to tell them the stories himself. To say everything that's going on. And as he's recounting it, he mentions how the clock's hand will just start spinning wildly. And, and clock you provide the picture for me? I did. That's not the exact clock. I'll kind of get into it. I just wanted... Yes, I wanted to give you an idea. So it's a 30-hour wait clock. I tried to find ones from the 1800s. Those probably aren't it, but... It's like the ones that have to wait down below. Okay, so the like a grand started spinning. Yeah, and I did find a couple of different things that said it was like at a certain hour we go out of control and whatever. But from the Serenzi reports, it really wasn't any certain hour. It would just start going out of control. So the clock stands would start spinning wildly, and as he's telling this to them, it starts at an immense speed. Like oh, crazy. crazy. Yeah. He's like, hey, this happens sometimes, and all of a sudden it's happening. And they claimed that it goes around about five hours in one minute. Holy shit. Yeah. So, like, it's fucking going. Yeah. The clock, like I said, was a 30 hour wait clock in the photos. Tried to get it close to what it would be, maybe. And just by chance, the reporter, because it's the 1800s, was also a watchmaker by profession. So, he writes stories, but by profession, he is a watchmaker. So he's like... So he's like, all right, I'm going to take it apart. We're, let's see what the problem is. Maybe something's just wrong with the clock. So... Because, I think they're pretty simple clocks, like, in how they're made. I don't think it could just be... Yeah, he's like, maybe there's a fault, you know? Yeah. He didn't find any. Of course. And then there was like nothing else that really indicated what could have caused it to just go crazy like that. So he even checked for magnets, but when he looked at his own, when he looked at his own pocket watch, he found it to be running just fine. So like magnets wouldn't be the case because then his would be going crazy. The reporter set the time and moved on and we won't really come back to it, but I do want it to be, noted that they said the clock kept the correct time until after the investigators left. Once they left, it started going crazy again. Hmm. 
until 11.43 that morning. So I think we're around like the 21st, 22nd at this point. Nothing really happened in the house. Then all of a sudden, a pair of scissors just jumped from a table to a chair, like in front of them as they're going around. They thought, well, that was kind of odd, but they just continued throughout the house as the reporter sat in a chair. Not, I don't know if it was the chair that the scissors landed on, but he sat in a chair. And again, those brick bats, those like ends of the bricks or whatever, fell right beside him. Again, they're not hitting people. They're just going right beside them. There was so much force that the brick bat broke directly in two. So I'm assuming that would take a lot of force because bricks are pretty thick, even if it's just like a small piece of one. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they would break. I feel like it would chip, but not just directly into like half. Yeah, directly half. So I don't, I don't know. But when Mr. Lyndon Struth picked up the pieces, he noticed that they were burning hot. Ooh. I was like, well, that's fucking weird. Why are they like hot? Why do I pretty much like have a red mark on my hand? So, but both Lyndon Struth and Mason, um, the guy he brought, attempted to replicate the break in the brick by throwing it on the floor. They were like, okay, well, maybe it wasn't that hard of a throw. Let's let's try. Let's break more shit. Yeah, I don't know how this like helps with the report, but they were not able to replicate or re- recreate the necessary force. Like it was just like kind of chipping them. Mm-hmm. It wasn't breaking in half. So Linden Truth. And they obviously weren't making them hot. So No. I think that was another thing with the recreation. They were like, well, maybe with this much force, oh, it will get hot. Yeah. I don't know. He like really fixated on this fucking brick yeah. splitting because he wanted to keep the brick to take home for further investigation. But when he sat it up on the windowsill, for later, before he leaves, it fell right in front of him and broke in two again. Hmm. So he heard that message. He took it, the message, and he's like, all right, hear you loud and clear. I'm not going to try and take this home. Ooh. And nothing happened after. Could you imagine if he did and then all that shit started happening in his home? Yeah. Why the fuck would you take it with you? Don't take haunted objects from places. No. No, no, no. Can we not watch any freaking horror movies? Don't buy haunted objects. Yeah, it just sucks when you don't know when things are haunted. Yes, true. You need to put that in the description. Okay, so that was around 11.43, and now we're around noon of this day. Okay. A smoothing iron leapt six feet across the room and landed on the floor. They replaced it only for it to happen exactly the same way again. Hmm. And think about it. Like, these irons, those were made of iron. Like, that's why it's called an iron in a sense. Like, they were fucking heavy. And Mr. Lindenstruth noted it was hot. Again, that iron was hot. But thought the warmth maybe was caused by the fire. So he didn't say this one was burning hot. He just said this was hot. It was near the fire and just got warm. Yeah, that was his. He was like, well, there is maybe an explanation for this one. The brick, we don't know why it was hot. But well, if you started with the brick being hot, wouldn't you just be like to assume? Right, that's kind of what I was thinking. Hot. But you know, I guess they're playing devil's advocate. Yes, literally. <laughs> so now they are near the end of the day, and everyone sits down for dinner. Like, what the fuck? How do you just go about? Hey, thanks for going over. You saw everything. We're gonna have dinner now. Weird. How do I even make dinner when everything's broken? Because I guess it just takes its breaks. And 
I mean, but then they're like saying things are happening every five minutes. But yeah. I guess to them, it's not flying around anymore. So they're like, it's okay. It's chill. That's wild. So as they're eating. Are they afraid to use any like knives or anything? Oh my God. Same. I won't get into like, I still have a lot. What shit? I'm sorry. Like, this is so much. As they're eating, they're, they have corn for dinner. Not just corn, but it's part of dinner. They're just having corn tonight. <laughs> An ear of corn fell directly between Mr. Campbell and Mrs. Strunzi, splitting in half and scattering corn all over the room. So, not cooked yet? No, they were sitting down for dinner, so I assume it would be cooked. Yeah. How does it, like, just break apart like that? I don't know. That's nuts. They're like, yeah, it was just, like, all over the floor. That's crazy. Again, I would be like, peace out, Girl Scouts. I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. I have enough evidence. I'm going to leave. Right. So later that day, Mrs. Burns, who I believe is a servant, um, we'll kind of talk about her again, but she was holding a baby in her arms. Why is there a baby in None of the kids were... I don't know if they're calling the three-year-old a baby or if one of the servants have a baby, but... Twice in this, someone is holding a baby in her arms when an ear of corn fell and, like, striked, stroke, hit, struck struck Mrs. Burns hard. I don't know if it was. Yeah. Not hard enough to drop the baby, but it was hard. More corn continued to show up throughout the night, and there was at least 10 people in the front room. So it's like that common room. Mm -hmm. And they were all trying to keep an eye on items to see if, like, anything would move. They were just like, all right, let's just see, like, where is this coming from? Where is the corn coming from? So it's not their corn. It's their corn for dinner. Yeah. I believe. Actually, I might might be wrong. Maybe it is just an uncooked ear of corn. That's why I'm like... I just... It just said they sat down for dinner and ear of corn fell. And, yeah, I would think they'd probably have a supply of corn that they... I guess. I guess they did. I don't know. Or, like, did they not... I... I, yet? And that's why they're like, we're not sure where it's I do not have the answers (laughs) to those questions. I actually didn't think about it not being actually what they had for dinner. So out of nowhere, you know, they're all sitting there. They're like, I got this object. You got that object. Let's just watch it. Out of nowhere, falling from the ceiling came a chamber glass, smashing into pieces in the middle of the room, in the middle of everyone. I think it must be like a chandelier or something of some sort. Okay. But I'm not, I I don't know. Yeah. I didn't like want to, I didn't look up every single piece. That's okay. So sorry. I, I, let's look. Okay, well, a bong came up, a glass chamber for your <laughs> a smoke shop came up when I looked up chamber glass. Um, okay, it's not a chandelier. It must have been something just like you know how they have those like you know how you kind of put like flowers or dried out flowers and then there's like a uh a piece of glass or or just any ornament you kind of place over it. Let me see. I can't really find. I mean, like Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> they call it a glass bell. I don't know. This is maybe what, like a vacuum chamber. Yeah, like Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's that. But it came from the ceiling. Well, everything was just dropping. So that's why that's why I thought it was maybe it, a chandelier because it, it said ceiling. Does it 
does the, they just they don't see the object hover from where no it just appears and drops that's why they were all in the room they're like we're gonna watch these items we gotta figure out like how are they moving from like where the fuck's this coin coming from so, like it has to be different planes and dimensions they're pulling it out of this one yeah to another one and just drop it yeah i guess i don't know it's weird. It's creepy. I couldn't imagine. I'm sure it's not as creepy like me telling it, but no, it is creepy. I don't know. It's fucking weird to me. I, I couldn't believe I've never heard of this. Me either. This, this and because it's so well documented. I don't know how I haven't heard of this. So while the chamber glass smashes in the kitchen, the cook was busy dodging knives, pots, oh pans. All of them were just being like thrown around the kitchen. And he's just, like, back there trying to clean up dinner. Well, like, oh, literally trying to avoid getting stabbed to death. Uh. So at this point, we're at the end of the night. And before leaving, the reporter noticed a very mysterious thing. What? Piles of sugar were left around the house with a few pins and steel, like, in, and a steel pen in them. Just piles of sugar with pins and a steel pen. That wasn't the weirdest thing of it. That's the weirdest thing. The sugar wasn't even a type that was used in the household. Ew, stop. Yeah. I, this, it's at this point that I have the goose. I actually just got chills, like, repeating that. I don't know why, but this is the point where I'm, like, a little more freaked out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I was like, how the fuck, how could it get weirder? And they obviously tasted it, right, to know it's sugar. I assume so. Like, Yeah. Because are you just going to taste piles of, I don't know. White substance that shows up in your house? Like, and how do they know that it's not theirs? But I was like, well, maybe it was like. Different, like more coarse. Yeah. More fine. Or back then, maybe you were like, yeah, you had like a very specific, maybe you were like, how does sugar become like sugar? How we, like granulated sugar? What's it like before that? Like, did they granulate their own sugar? At home? Um, yeah. Maybe. So, yeah, maybe they had it as... So they knew it wasn't theirs because of the size of the, the grains? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Maybe it was a different color. See, I was thinking color. That's what I assumed that they figured it was different. Hmm. Because we probably... Sugar's probably dyed, right? Mm-hmm. It can't all be that pure white, is it? No. Because <laughs> raw sugar is more of like a brown... Like crystallized yeah, color. A bit I bet you we dye our sugar. Maybe. I don't know. Or. No, sugar is white. Yeah. So, like, why is raw sugar crystallized form? Well, I guess when you're breaking it down to be so tiny, like it's looking white. I don't know. Not that important, but you're getting too far into the sugar. Yeah. So basically, they found powdered sugar with pins and, and a steel pen. And I'm thinking maybe like sewing pins. I would think. That's what I'm picturing. So it feels a little witchy. Yeah. Uh, piles of sugar. That's just a strange thing. Pins and a steel pen. Is that the components, like the materials that you need for something? Yeah. So anyways, they, they were, like, all around, like, corners of the house. And that's right before the reporters leave. And they're like, that is the weirdest thing. So it seems so witchy, but also kind of like a little um, fairy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I didn't think fairy. I was I thinking witchy when it's yeah. Fairies. Like mischievous yeah. in a sense. I don't know. So they left and of course more news spread because they wrote their, their reports. And there were so many people that were so keen on coming to see, quote, the ghost that the railways actually added another train. Wow. So at the day that they added the new train, which was like the day after the reporters left, Mm -hmm. 75 people showed up the next afternoon. That's crazy. And the ghost said, hell no. I don't just play when you come. Mm -hmm. I'm not just going to fucking perform Mm -hmm. for this audience. I refuse. Yeah. So the train took most of the people back and. How embarrassing. Yeah. They were like, oh, that's fake. But there were plenty of people who decided to stay. Most people left, but they were like, no, something's up. (laughs) Something's up. So they stayed and then reports stated that on that following Sunday, I didn't pull up a map from or a calendar from 1872. I don't know what day of the week the 17th was on, but we're still within the same week. Okay. So we went through the 19th, 20th and 21st. So I feel like we're either anywhere from Thursday to Sunday or just I, I feel like it probably started like midweek, I guess. Let me see if I can find it. For, yeah, if you want. What was the 1872? So say what day was October 17th, 1872? 17th? Oh, yes, October 17th, 1872. I feel like you want to say Wednesday. Thursday. Oh, okay. I was kind of close. Oh, wow. So all that happened in shorter span than I laid out. Bam. So reports stated that on the following Sunday alone, or maybe that's the following Sunday after the first Sunday. Could be. After the initial event, 500 people visited just that Sunday. They had trains rolling in and out. Like, you just become a spectacle. Mm -hmm. Your house and your family. and Mm -hmm. wonder how they felt about it. Did they say anything? They... I think because of like the time and how weird it was, maybe not. I'm sure it was uncomfortable, but a lot of people started suggesting that after they added the train, um, this was all just like a ploy to pry money from spectators. Because charging them to come see that? No, and that's pay on the train. So my next thing was that was ruled out pretty quickly because the well-noted Southern hospitality was very, it ran true for the Sorensi household and family. Mr. Sorensi took no money from viewers, no money from the journalists that were coming in or the mediums or the conjurers because all these people started coming. Mm -hmm. They would stay in the house. He never took a cent from them and he never took a cent from the spectators. He was not part of adding the train so, like, he never got the money from the train tickets or anything like that. So, they kind of rolled out that he was doing this. And then he was also like, why the hell would I ruin my house and every item just for you guys to come and gawk at us? Well, one thing, that train was making some money. Oh, my God. Probably a ton. Yeah. A ton. I'm sure they raised the prices for that, too. I bet. Um, so, like, with him having all these people stay and they were hospitable so like they were making dinner they were paying the servants and stuff like all that was a considerable cost to the Sorensi family Mm -hmm. so they don't think like they didn't get anything out of it at all except for the torture and the torment 
So a lot of people, it's a suggestion that it was a ploy, but they don't think so. Especially because they had so many people coming in and witnessing and they're like, how the fuck would you fake that? All right. So I'm going to start jumping through things here. That was a lot in the first week, but now we're going to enter the month of November. So this is two weeks after the 17th to now, you know, November, Mm -hmm. the hauntings are still going on. It wasn't just throwing household items around anymore. Probably because there isn't much left yeah, to throw. Yeah, like, <laughs> It never said, but I feel like like their staple things, like the furniture was there, their mm-hmm. clothes were there, things like that, things they could pick up and maybe salvage. The pots and pans were all probably like cast iron, so they're probably okay. They're probably okay. Um, but like all of their decorations oh, and basing, yeah, the crockery. Isn't that funny? Because now you like say like, what the? That's such crockery. Mm-hmm. Is it because it like crockery was kind of like fake and could break. break? Maybe. Yeah, that's interesting. So Clementine, she comes back up again. She was making her bed upstairs. When she finished, she would shut the door and she walked away. Instantly, after closing the door, she heard a commotion inside the room. When she opened the door, she found all of the bedding bundled in a pile along with every item of her clothing. Socks, I underwear, everything. Have the again. You're probably gonna continue to. Tell me if you want me to stop. <laughs> no, never go. This happened on another occasion, but a set of candlestick molds that Mrs. Serenzi had just stuck into a pot of water appeared on the bed with the clothes too. So she like did it again, made her bed, left, shut the door, heard the noise, went back in, and now it's not just all of her clothes in her bedding. It's her mom's fucking candlestick molds that were just in the water downstairs. What the fuck? Oh, the molds were in the kitchen. No way that anyone could have taken them up and put them on the bed without being seen or heard so quickly. Right. Like there's not there's not faster. secret tunnels in this house, to my knowledge. It they never said that. that I'm thinking that too. I actually have chills right now. Yeah. I was like doing okay writing this, but like saying it all out. Well, we're also sitting in the dark with candles. <laughs> yeah. It is a spooky vibe today. Yes. So sometimes the window panes would break without any contact in any that area sucks. of the house. Just boom. And they would start like sliding up and down. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Just weird. And we're getting into winter. So like that sucks. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah, they're in November. Mm-hmm. Like it is cold. They're going through like but, well, it's Georgia. Yeah, I don't know how cold it gets in Georgia. But still. She, I mean, when Melina was down there, there was like frost and stuff, but it's 1800, so like it could have been a little bit different. <laughs> um, there was one night a straightening iron struck. The irons come up a lot, but it struck one of the young sons in the, his back while he was sleeping. So he's like stationary, and like if you're laying down, you're getting slammed with an iron. an iron. Yeah. Like the smoothing iron. The smoothing iron. Shit. I sorry, I did say straightening instead of smoothing when I said smoothing this whole time. Straightening iron. I think I think I must have been thinking about my hair or something. So this inflicted <laughs> my beautiful hair. My already very pick straight <laughs> hair. So this inflicted a painful wound for the yeah. sun. This boy got slammed. Ugh. What's weird is that the iron wasn't even originally in the room. It was downstairs. Of course it wasn't. Why would it be? Yeah. I told you it gets freakier. It's so weird. 
On another occasion, a servant was struck by a bottle, a baby's bottle, that then slammed into the wall. Again, the servant was holding the baby at the time. I'm telling you, the bottle smacked her and then smacked the wall. She didn't slap it away or anything. Normally when things hit you, it just falls, right? It just kept going. Mr. Serenzi actually witnessed the entire thing and stated how odd it was that the bottle slammed into the wall harder than hitting the servant first. How would a servant I would have quit a long time ago? I, fuck they the money. Paying them very, very so well. much. Or maybe they have nowhere to go. I was going to say, it's the 1800s, yeah. so uh, did they have a choice? They weren't like slaves? They said servants. I did look. I tried yeah. to. It said servants, but it is the South. Right. That's what I was And maybe they just weren't using that terminology in the reports. I don't know. Oh, that's creepy. So it does feel like it reminds me of Porter Geist and you know the chair or the kid going across that one path on the floor. Yep. It's the same exact time each each time they do it, it's the same path. That's what I do think Poltergeist was some things were taken from yeah. this. I don't know though. Like are we gonna get to like native burial grounds Um I don't dig into it, but I do have that as one of my theories. I'm glad you brought up that's literally why I brought up the geography. Because remember, they are on like Indian territory, like mm-hmm. Native American territory. Like they were it was taken from them. Mm-hmm. So could be. It's November. The girls finally fucking leave. This is why I think because Sarah's out of the house. When I say girls, it's Mrs. Serenci and Clementine. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's no one else, but it's just them. They don't take the little boys or anything. They leave the house and they stay with their neighbors, who are the Pattersons. Mm-hmm. Not that important, but... I wonder if they were being picked on more than others or something. So, we're going to get into okay. it, kind of. Uh, yeah. Uh, a so few... Staying with the neighbors. Yeah, I'm not sure why it was just them or how accurate that is, mm-hmm. but every report I saw or story, this is a well-documented ghost story. So there's a lot out there and things like even me, like I'm, you know, making some things like I'm adding like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, so some things it's like telephone, maybe it was Mm -hmm. changed. Um, why did it take them so long? I'm also not really sure. So it was October 17th. And this is, I'm going to say the date, actually my next sentence. So I say, say it now it's November 20th. So we're a month past. They stayed four weeks in the house. Um, So I don't know why they fucking stayed so long. Anyways, they leave their house on November 20th. Still, it's 1872. And they are staying at the Patterson's house. And no sooner that they had left, the phenomenon had stopped at the Serenzi house. Mm -hmm. Just stopped. Halted. Please don't tell me it started at the It instantly started at the Patterson's. Everything. The identical events enacted at the Serenzi house immediately began at the Pattersons and ceased at the Serenzi house when the ladies left. I'm scared. So the boys were like, stay away. Should you answer? Yeah. like, why would he call? After staying for a few hours at the Pattersons, Mrs. Serenzi... Do you need me to revisit what we were just doing? like, I... Got so I knew as soon as you said that they, they stopped. stopped at their house that it was going to start up at the neighbor's house and I I'm chilly um so like it's attached to them mm-hmm. or one of them or one of them oh I'm really I'm like really freaked out by that to be honest yeah well imagine There's more neighbors 
I, I know. Come stay with us. Come stay with us and the fucking things start flying. Like identical events from like the first day. Oh, that's so creepy. So they stayed for a few hours and Mrs. Terenzi returned home. She was like, I don't want everything destroyed that they own. I'm just going to return home. I think what I think is odd. Actually, I'll, I'll get to that. So Clementine remained at the Pattersons. Okay. As wealthy Serenzi returned home, the strange things ceased at the Pattersons and again returned at the Serenzi's. So it's her. So it's her. But what made her decide to leave? You know what I mean? Like, why Why did she be like, I don't want to ruin everything. I'm going home. Mm-hmm. Or maybe she was testing it maybe. to see. To be like, well, maybe you're safer here, Clementine. I'll go back home and see if it's still... Maybe she's like, I'll go see if it's still happening at home. Mm-hmm. But I'm not really sure what caused her to... Like, because that's what was the identifier to be like, oh, it, it's attached to her. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, in that situation, would you want to leave your daughter with the neighbors where this is happening? Mm-hmm. With you all over again? Or would you try to take her with you? And then you wouldn't know if you took her back with you, which one of you was actually attached to if it was one right. of you. And there's no full proof that it's attached, but it led everyone to believe. I mean, how could it not be if it started at someone else's house? Unless it was just maybe anyone who left, it was pissed off that they left and followed them. True. And then finally one person coming back, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, we can, we'll take it. Yeah. We'll let the girl live. <laughs> um. So, of course, everyone started assuming it to be a form like this occurrence was from a supernatural source and that Mrs. Serenzi was somehow like the medium through which it was acted. So it was like pulling its energy through her. Mm. When asked by investigators, wealthy Serenzi stated that she, quote, had never been mesmerized, never saw a mesmerist or spiritualist that she knows of read a work of spiritualism and has never thought of it, which I just, it's a weird quote. Cause this is the time of spiritualism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was like, kind of like the late 1800s. I think yeah. And she's nice. like, I have nothing. Yeah. And mesmerizing is what? Hypnotizing? Is that what I, I think so. So to her, she was just like, I've never dabbled in this. Mm-hmm. Like there's, I didn't open a portal. Yeah. Did one of the kids do that? Did anybody in the family? Potentially. Yeah. Potentially it was the land that they were on. Right. But they were there for 20 years and nothing happened. Yeah, like that's... And it's not like they really did anything that would start up, like renovation. Wonder if it was the two kids leaving. They married and moved out. And or how, like, what the time frame was from how long... Or- that's something that maybe I should have tried to dig into. Like, how long after... They left. Maybe it was John. Maybe it was Sarah. So maybe the ghost was attached to them. and mm-hmm. Or the supernatural. I shouldn't say ghost. The, the whatever yeah. being, paranormal yeah. being, whatever energy it was, mm-hmm. was pissed. I don't know, but... Because maybe it was feeding it all up for so long. And then it was just left. like... And then it's mad at the mom. Maybe. Or it's using... Or maybe the mom's carrying, like, that energy... From them leaving, maybe they didn't build eight homes for them to all eight rooms for them to all move out. Yeah, like maybe <laughs> she's that devastated that it just I don't know. He's causing I don't. Ooh. So they establish who the media is, who the person that it's like attached to is. What do you think they do? Tell me. They keep living in the house, of course. 
Why would they do anything? Why would they bring Reverend Blitch back to try and exercise this out of her? Like, Clementine is right now still there, but she does come back. Um, so one day, Mrs. Serenzi, now I'm, so I went through like the first couple days of the events and then a month after them moving out, this goes on for months. They stay there for months. And there's a lot of accounts that I am going to cover here that are creepy as all fucking get out. They're all going to lead up to kind of like the finale in a sense. Okay. So one day, Mrs. Serenzi was sitting in her room sewing, hearing a noise in the other room. She paid no mind to it and continued. Okay, sorry. Mess this up. This one thing before I get into all these others is an account from John, the oldest son who has moved out. Okay. That said that there were some things that happened prior to October 17th, 1872 that were weird but weren't the house pretty much going into shambles. Okay. So one day Mrs. Terenzi was sitting in her room sewing, hearing a noise in the other room. She paid no mind to it and she continued to sew. Mm-hmm. Like you said, oh, it's the kids. Oh, it's the cats. Whatever. Mm-hmm. The news grew louder and by the time she looked up, she could see the pitcher, like the uh, water. water pitcher, in the bowl on the washstand rocking back and forth. She had no thoughts other than to check for a string or wire, thinking of like thinking one of her mischief like mischievous sons just- were up to something. Mm-hmm. Which like, how clever are they? Come on, dude. Yeah. Like a a pitcher. Like super fucking bored. Yeah. Um. She checked the house to find it empty as usual, and settled back down. The pitcher le- lifted a couple of inches and banged back down, repeating multiple times. Ooh. Finally, the pitcher lifted up and was placed carefully on the nightstand. The bull lifted and smashed to the floor at her feet. The smaller pieces of the set were then flung at her feet. The pitcher quickly picked up and the water poured onto the carpet before it was violently thrown to the floor. Jeez. And then that was like, that was, she was just like, oh, sorry, I might hit my mic. That was a little bit before. Nothing too alarming. They really just kind of played nothing that off. Too I know. That's what I was saying. John was like, yeah, she, mom just kind of said, mother just like said, a, oh, it was fine. Found an excuse for it. Which if it is oh. attached to her, I wonder if it's manipulating her yeah. in a sense. Like halfway possessed. So we're going to jump back to November. Okay. More time goes by. You know, they're rolling through winter and things continue to happen. As the family, on one account, as the family sat down at the dinner table, the door to the dining room slowly would creak closed. And every single time it would do that, Mrs. Strency always instantly suggested that was done by the wind. Then it would immediately after, immediately following that, like her saying it was done by the wind, the doors would fling open to its previous position. And everybody was like, what the fuck are you talking about, mom? <laughs> the wind? Because this is November mm-hmm. or whenever, months after. Mm-hmm. This is probably around November at this time. Why would you just all of a sudden start blaming? Right. Because I'm assuming now she's thinking like, I can't have it. Like now everything has to have an explanation. They think it's following me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
but it's just it's really odd the mother the mom thing's weird so a couple more accounts two windows open suddenly rising and lowering in quick succession violently when it is stopped a number of the small panes were broken again so they are constantly trying to fix their windows it's winter whether you're in georgia or not it's still colder than your summer well i wouldn't be living there (laughs) i would not be there it continues to get worse often the family was splashed in the face by tea coffee or soup sometimes they would scold them not the soup (laughs) not the soup Dude, soup and cough, like all of those things. Yeah. So bad. Knives and forks would get twisted out of shape while in their hands. <gasps> Just, yeah. You know, you see those like spoon benders? Yeah. Wait, like benders? Psychic benders. Oh, benders. I think you said benders and I was like, oh, yeah, I was no. No, the, the psychics that can bend. Oh, yeah. The forks and knives just twisting out of shape, and you're not the one obviously doing it. Like while you're trying to like cut, I'm on the potato kick right now. You're trying to cut your potato, yeah, and it just fucking curves around and it's twisted. No like, fucking way. What if it would just like curve around your hand and you like can't like stabbing. release it? Yeah. The tablecloth would oftentimes get pulled from the table, scattering dishes oh. and cutlery across the floor. I would not have a tablecloth anymore. Why the fuck are you still eating dinner there? <laughs> They are like fucked in the head. Again, they have another house. Why? But it follows her. They found this out, but they didn't find it out for a month after. They still tried. Right. Heavy furniture would move from eat with ease across the floor, then return to their previous positions. Can you imagine if it went to an entirely different room? I bet you it did. And the small objects there, but like an entire ass couch is just like in your bedroom now. <laughs> like on top of your bed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like on top of you, you're like sandwiched in between the bed and the couch. Ew. Some of the younger children had been hit by falling furniture, pictures, like pictures mm-hmm. and mirrors. And it would cause broken bones. Yeah. Like it has escalated. Oh, they are now getting hit. They're now yeah. getting hurt. Like if you're not going to move out for yourselves, you're not for your children. Like, what the fuck? Especially because this next thing I'm about to say, as time continued to go on, the paranormal whatever would become even more aggressive and started targeting Clementine okay. in particular. And how old do you remember how old she was? I, well, they said the little girl, and I believe, like, it was Sarah and Clementine. Oh my God, I'm so doing that. It was Sarah and Clementine. I have to go back up to my beginning. Yeah. I think she was around eight or ten wow so she's young Mm -hmm. it would pull her hair twisting like twist her in the sheets and then rip her out of bed (gasps) like yeah torment her day in and day out and she was just exhausted and worn and very frail at this point and they're still fucking there that's awful the family made it through pretty much most of the cold winter months until february where this is where the line was drawn. It wasn't the girl, but one of the sons. And this is coming from a report of John, who uh, was older and mm-hmm. apparently not in the house, according to the census. But um, 
they believe that John John witnessed this, so he was one of them, but it doesn't state who the brother was. Mm-hmm. It says Robert, but he was super young at this time, so they think that something was wrong in that report, that it was probably like Big U or something like that. <laughs> so one of the sons walks into the hall. Well, John walks into the hall, and he finds his brother sitting at the table. And a fire was flickering in the fireplace, like behind him or in front of him, somewhere in the room, when all of a sudden, one of the huge andirons, which is like the metal stand for supporting the burning wood in the fireplace, rises into the air and gathers enough momentum before striking the brother on the temple. He quickly sprung to his feet while his head is like profusely bleeding. John runs over tries to like protect his brother and grab the and iron and like he's trying to shield protect him but the and iron wrenched itself free from john's hand and struck the brother again john called to his brother and was like run run for your life if you stay here you're going to be killed and i cannot help you because he's out of the house so he's just like visiting at this point as he ran the andiron followed, striking him until he was unconscious, falling to his mother's feet. And the andiron then returned to the hearth. What the fuck? Ooh, I feel like I have goosebumps on my cheek. Yeah, dude. Like. The family moved the next day. Oh, that's all it took. Okay. That's all it took. Yeah. So. What? So he lived, though, I guess? He did live. He barely made it. Um, remember I did say they had two properties. I had to keep ingraining that because it's just wild to me. It mm-hmm. took them that long to move. And okay, I guess this was the incident that just crossed the line. I feel like maybe when the first son got smacked by the iron, this, this, mm-hmm. maybe that should have been it. Yeah. Or the girl being tormented and worn to like illness, but whatever. Him almost dying was the bottom line. So they moved. They moved to the other farm house and they only took their clothes. I don't think there was much else to take, but they were like, we're getting the fuck out of here. Now the injuries to the brother took quite some time to heal. Mm-hmm. And it actually, he had got a fever, which produced some life threatening. Yeah. You know, yeah, he did live. Mm -hmm. It was a close call, though. About seven to ten days went by where the Serenses lived in peace and harmony at the other farmhouse until it all started up again. We're gonna pretend you're fine. Here's a week, I'll give you a week since I have tormented you for months, but I'm not gone yet. But this time, it was with even more vigor. Eventually, the family would officially leave both properties. Mr. Swimsley built another house for them to live in. And uh, honestly, they were fine after that. It was gone. He built a house, and it was gone. It was no longer attached to her, apparently. How close were the two original properties? So that's where I couldn't really... In the beginning, it said that, like, that one was, like, right in, like, in the Serenzi town on the railroad. But it sounds like this other farmhouse wasn't that far from them, that they just, like, up and moved. But I, I'm i wondering if they, like, moved out of the town in general with this yeah. new one. So, like, it, maybe the other property was on the other side of the, the town. Yeah. I'm not quite sure on that, but I'm thinking maybe it was tied to the area, maybe the land. 
But then, like, or why just target that family and not everyone else? The town's named after the family? True. And the land was supposed to be part of a treaty, but we all know what that fucking means. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So maybe we don't know all the dark history tied to that family. Right. Maybe there is more. Maybe... Maybe it wasn't great. Maybe he wasn't as great of a person. Mm-hmm. So the farmhouses stayed within the family's name, but they remained vacant and no member of the family dared step foot on either of them again. They just stayed there. Vacant, empty, haunted. Alan Serenzi died actually by 1877. Oh, not long. So not long. Really? Yeah. And then wealthy Serenzi died in 1899. So she lived a decent amount of time after him. Um, and apparently no hauntings happened hmm. again. By 1925, the another thing that I so I was saying it's a booming town, but it was a booming town like after that. This was 1872, and the town didn't actually officially start. Like they it's were not just a railroad that was pretty much it. Yeah, it didn't officially start being that booming town until nineteen early nineteen hundreds. Hmm. So like, with the rafting and stuff. Yeah, with the rafting and the well, that was like the county in itself that did yeah. the rafting. But because of how booming the county was with the railroads and the river and everything, it um, added Serenci as a town. So because he was already established there. I think that's why it was named after him. Hmm. So I think it would be interesting to go into the history, but I just wanted to. That's nice. Yeah. Maybe I didn't do the history justice enough, but it's okay. By 1925, the original house burnt to the ground. Some say they see strange ghost lights around the area. You know, could it be the original man Clementine saw looking to wreak havoc on its next victims? Or is it just, you know, people's minds being like Mm. oh i see ghost lights um so yeah after that it's pretty much done so the big question is what do you what do people think haunted the serenzi family i'll ask you first and i'll go through like other people's thoughts i think we're missing some pieces i think we're missing a lot of pieces from their history Mm -hmm. like i wonder what didn't make these lord yeah because yeah. I mean, if they were a wealthy somewhat powerful family they could probably control what people thought saw. or said or mm-hmm. things like that and like I don't know what did you do with that land before it was the town because yeah. I, I kind of forgot all of that like thinking like right ne- at the time of the haunting it wasn't like people lived there but it wasn't like that big booming mm-hmm um middle ground of like the rail roads and everything i think it i don't know because the objects just appearing out of nowhere is what really freaks me out and like can any just regular old spirit do that like are they I've almost like never heard of that are they pulling the objects into their plane of reality and then dropping it back out but wouldn't you like see them pull it from the plane to another plane? you know what I mean you might not see it but like how do you keep an eye on every single object that you have right and it sounds like it's a pretty decent sized house I mean the pictures pictures are hard to like do justice right you catch at some point something just disappears yeah you're not always all in the same rooms and you have servants I don't know is it like the object 
remains where it was until it actually yeah like do you see it like if i'm staring at this hat right now do they see it disappear or does it kind of stay in your vision then all of a sudden you see something drop and you're looking over because that drop and it's gone thinking like as soon as you're distracted for that second looking at it in another location you look back and it's not there yeah i don't know okay so let's go through some of them okay the house, one is the house was, the farmhouse was situated on a ley line, mm-hmm. which are. Yeah, power line. I mean, the underground power line. Yeah, but aren't they? They're bands that are wrapped around the earth. Yeah, they're, they're like natural power lines, yeah. not like our power. Yeah, that's like, what I, I was like, wait a second. Like I don't magical, think, yes. It's like the longitudinal lines mm-hmm. that are. If you think about on like rubber bands wrapped around a ball. Yes, those yeah, would they be crisscross and they go all over. And they apparently hold a lot of like energy, powerful energy. Yes, and so like, and some might be negative energy. Mm-hmm. But devil's advocate here, it happened to other people's houses. So was it just attaching through because the house was on the ley line, mm-hmm. attaching to Mrs. Serenzi or the family? And then could follow elsewhere? Or is the whole town, in a sense, situated? I don't know. Maybe their particular location was on, like, a crossroads of them or something. And it made it, like, extra. Right. And the only... Except for the second house. Like, the Pattersons were their neighbors. So they could have been, like, maybe on that same line. The next one. They built their house over a Native American burial ground. Yeah. I think this one's pretty... I would believe intrigue, that. like yeah. But then I'm like, would other things happen? Not like that though. Like when you hear about them being on a burial ground or an ancient burial ground and stuff, is it them trashing the house by throwing stuff, or more kind of sinister, like questionable? Encou- I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying I there? I don't know. Like, okay, third one. This. Okay. Oh, sorry. Were you? No, I'm just go ahead. The Serenzi. Pro- Actually, I'll just read through all these and then maybe we can pick which ones we think. Okay. The Serenzi property was stolen from someone else and was then cursed. They did build and gain their wealth early on. So it could be possible that like it, that was never documented. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he just made his name and they're like, oh, he established this place. He's a good man. We're naming the town after him. Yeah. The land experienced something tragic in Native history. So it wasn't a burial ground, but it might have been... Like a place of self-devastation. Devastation or sacrifice or, I don't know, something uh, tragic there. The Serenzi family themselves were haunted and had extra sensory abilities of which they denied, which further infuriated the spirits. Mm-hmm. And that's a stretch. Because, like, you would still think it would happen in other places. Right. Like, why would it stop when they built anew? Mm-hmm. One of the Serenzi kids experienced telekinesis and caused the poltergeist activity, which you kind of did bring up. Maybe someone activated it. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't thinking telekinesis, but that's a thought. Could you imagine? How, like, how would that work, though? I don't know, especially because of the two leaving, like, the mom. Yeah. But no, I couldn't imagine. Or, like, if you do think 
about being a mom, not realizing that it was like her. Yeah. But like, it only happened in that amount of time in those locations. So yeah. She would have had that in childhood probably if she had those. Right. Unless it was the kids who are having it in childhood. Again, then are they attaching it to their mom? And like, because like, why would they? Did they hate their mom? Yeah. Like, is there more to this family? Like, were they as happy as they said? I don't know. There's water underground of which cause chaotic energy fields above. Again, just there, just there doesn't match. Mm-hmm. Mr. Serenzi was into the occult and drew spirits to the household himself. Mm. Don't love that one. It was all made up to draw tourism to the farmhouse and make money. Mm. But that was kind of proven false. Yeah. They didn't make any money off of this. Everything came out of their pocket. Um, so I don't know. Lots of theories. Yeah. Another theory is that the town itself, the area, is haunted. There have been other hauntings in the area. And if we have time, if you don't mind, I'm just going to read, like, one yeah. little thing it. with it. So this is from the Serenzi Ghost. It's an article on the otherworldlyoracle.com. So we're going to talk about the Serenzi Spook Light. Okay. Surprise. This is all... I'm reading directly from, so all quotes. Surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, the famous Serenzi ghosts aren't the only hauntings in the town. Another paranormal occurrence is the Serenzi spook light. A yellow ball of light, remember they said ghost lights Mm -hmm. before, a yellow ball of light is seen on hovering over the Serenzi train tracks. This ghostly light has been spotted since the early 1900s and is is still seen today. Bored teenagers and even paranormal investigators go searching for the family well, go searching for the famous light with some actually witnessing the event. Folks claim when you do spot the spook light, you can't approach it because it almost immediately disappears. Sort of as if it was avoiding you or hiding. Theories also abound as to what causes the spook light. Natural gas collections from above ground, question mark? Or perhaps the light from a ghost train that crashed or derailed a hundred or so years ago. Some even relate the Serenzi spook light to the, quote, willow the wisp or quote, jack-o'-lanterns of European folklore. These specific lights are linked to the fairy folk and or to the recently dead. Mm-hmm. Fairy folk, sugar, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. <gasps> What's interesting is if we look at this particular paranormal phenomenon deeper, we must first identify the fact that it takes place on a train track. And they were right by the train tracks. Mm-hmm. Train tracks are notoriously known to harbor hauntings for a few reasons. One, because there are often tragic accidents that have occurred on them that cause the hauntings. And two, because the train tracks are liminal. Liminal spaces, got it. A place that's neither here nor there. Yeah. And liminal spaces are known to be a portal or door to other dimensions and to the spirit world specifically. That's either way, I plan to stay far away from Serenzi, is what yeah. that person said. And that's all I have. That was spooky. You 
gave me the chills. It takes quite a bit to give me I know, legit I, chills. I was like nervous. I was like, I hope I can make this spooky, but maybe a little too spooky. <laughs> the, the sugar is still so strange. Just piles of pins. Like piles the of sugar, pins. I could see maybe just fucking like here's the little but pin, pins and what was it? What kind of pen was it? A steel pen. Yeah. So like does that have something to do with the energy? Does it have something to do with, like, what they're bringing into the house? I don't know. Like, where did the sugar come from if it's, what's, if it's not theirs? Right. Like, everything else seemed to be theirs. Mm-hmm. But the sugar. And it's really weird because you said about, like, it seems, like, fairy-y. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't really think of that. But maybe with these portals, maybe it's the train tracks. But the train tracks, they built the railroad after, like, all the steamboats and everything. Yeah. So, like... Would it be that haunted that early on? I can't imagine. I feel like that would be years and years later. And could, would it start to be like that portal right then? Because the railroad track itself, like I see the um, like the liminal spaces when you're on a train, but does it count when you're like just standing on the train track because you are there? Like, how does that work? I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, it would be the train itself, like wherever it goes, right? That's what I thought with those, but maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe because of how it goes, it opens up a portal, like us moving at that. I don't know. I just find it odd. It hadn't happened again. They all live to tell the tales about it. I don't want to go check it out. They were all traumatized. I was actually going to ask you if you wanted to take a trip to Georgia. You mm-hmm. can, you know, see that Georgia actually exists. <laughs> you know, we can watch the map on the plane the whole time <laughs> where we're going. <laughs> you can study that bitch hard. I'm so dumb. Are you kidding me? Do you know who you co-host with? <laughs> they think you're so fucking smart. They're probably like, you just pulled a Julia, dude. <laughs> I do know that these things exist. I just can't always remember where some things are, whether it's objects in my own home or <laughs> fucking state. <laughs> I know where most states are. We'll go with that. So, yeah, I'm sorry that was really long, but that's that it. So I hope spooky. I spooked the shit out of you guys. This is my favorite month, and not just because it's my birthday month, because it's the spooky month. Yeah. So, yeah. We were spooky all year round, but we're extra spooky right now. Yeah, I hope you guys are all terrified. I hope so too. I hope you guys have nightmares. And should we stop? Do you want to do the outro or am I? It's up to you. This is your episode. All right, I'll do the outro. (laughs) Thanks for listening, you guys. Make sure you follow our social media pages at UAP Pod on Instagram and Unprofessionals Asking Questions on Facebook. We also have a um, gmail which you can email us at at uaqpod at gmail.com you can send us in recommendations suggestions whatever you can yell at us if you want to um, we also have a patreon set up at patreon.com slash uaq if you feel like donating please do it's just going to help improve the podcast and soon hopefully we will have some content for those of you who decide to subscribe um was that everything? I think really that's it. This every single time. That's it, Sid. So Good job. I always like kind of zone out at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I just say, yeah, you got it. Yeah. So I might have him on. I might not have. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.